Let's get started. Bottom of the Smash Mountain, Season 1, Episode 27, 717 Melee. Let's get to the podcast. I'm recording here. I'm recording there. I record everywhere. Wait, that sounded like someone whose books recently got semi-unpublished. Well, anyway, that's not why we're here. We're here to talk about Jesse, not me. I'm the host, Jesse, with just an E at the end, but we also have Jesse with an IE at the end, representing 717 Melee. Let's go on the podcast today, and I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that this is the first interview where Craig, the Discord recording bot, sort of had a falling out, which is so funny because (laughs) Jesse and I can't be that far apart from each other. We both are in the... Lancaster, Harrisburg area of Pennsylvania. So why is it this one and not one that's like cross country or something? You know what I mean? Anyway, it do be that way sometimes. And I spliced it up. You'll hear when I come in to let you know, hey, this is the part where it fell through. And here's the shout outs that we made during that time based off of memory. So you'll get to hear that. And please, don't let that scare you away from this. I'm very excited for you to hear this interview, and I'm excited for Jesse to explain to me some more things about 717 Melee, because even though I'm trying to be a little bit more involved myself, I'm not able to play what you'll hear us talking about. So let's go ahead and get to it and learn some more together about 717 Melee and about Jesse. Here we are, bottom of the Smash Mountain, and today I am very happy to be joined by somebody who is a lot closer than I feel like my other guests have been, but still not in the same room. Social distancing, Discord, let's go. I got Jesse, aka Jay Bobison, here. Jesse, how are you doing? Doing all right, man. Yeah, if we had a, if you had internet to play some melee with me, we'd have like two ping. <laughs> yeah, it would be awesome, but I sadly do not have internet. The the landlords have won the battle, but they have not won the war. So once I once I hopefully move sometime soon in the near future, I don't know yet, but that's <laughs> I'm going to be asking a lot of questions to the realtor about the yo this place get internet or what because I need that. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to get involved. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, uh, the raise the bar tournament series, which we'll we'll get into. That's something that you're running as like the 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 tournament head organizer. Is that a is that an accurate role to describe before? Yeah, yeah, that's accurate. Sweet. Yeah, there. This is something that happens on Wednesday evenings and Sunday evenings. Not that Melee's played each of those nights. I think it's Wednesday evenings is is uh, P plus or PM, if I am understanding correctly. And Sunday nights would be the Melee events. Yeah, I don't want to take too much credit for the Wednesday night stuff. I'm really just the streamer for Wombat's tournament. Uh, it's Wombat Wednesdays. You can go into a server find that if you play p p plus but uh yeah i just stream it and like commentate matches when there's not pm heads in the commentary channel filling in as necessary you love to see yeah. it that's awesome yeah i think it's, it's really fun and i'm glad p plus is like getting a little more attention since uh five days of melee i think yeah, that was the big revival. Uh, that and all the all the things that sort of popped off after the cease and desist there was the squid house too that's that sort of thing it was really fun to see all that happen yeah 
I, I like it any time that people um <clears throat> I think Mango was said something about it on stream that it's like almost fun when Nintendo tries to fuck with us. It's <laughs> like it's the one thing that everybody gets together and is like, yeah man, fuck those guys. <laughs> yes, on the latest six four podcast, which I, I that's the podcast that Mango, Zane, and Leffen are on. I believe that's the one you were referring to where Mango was saying it's it's it is almost fun when Nintendo tries to get involved because they're just they can be just so stupid about about their own their own IP. It's ridiculous. They're the worst, the literal worst organization in the world to own the IP to this wonderful franchise. But anyway, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to spend too much time on that because I want to start off after getting through some of the basic stuff. I, I'd love to hear about your origin story for how you got into Melee or, or Smash in general. You know, just start at the at those sort of beginnings and fill me in sure uh so i got into it in college um i was early early on in college i was uh on the soccer team for my university and i like kind of quit in high school so i had to like walk on so my schedule wasn't around it had had all these like conflicts and it was tough and then on top of it all uh i started getting injured like every Every week, I was just injured, injured, like in the trainer's room, uh, and they would just be like, "Yeah, you're, you're injured, but like it'll be fine. Just play through it." I'm like, "Oh, it, this shit hurts. This is bad." So I had to quit soccer. Like, got too, it got to be too much, conflicting with school, and like the injuries piled up. So I'm like, "What? What the fuck else am I gonna do?" I'm like this crazy competitive person, and uh, that was when Smash Four was coming out, and. Me and my friend were just playing Smash 4, and then somebody advertised a tournament. Actually, not somebody. Ulrich. Uh, I guess... I, I'm not sure what his tag would be right now, but Uwe, maybe. Uh, real... Uh, he's He's been a 717 player for a while. He advertised a Smash 4 tournament in our at our college. And I went to that, and me and my friend were like, it's so stereotypical. We were like, yeah, we're just gonna shit on everybody, man. Nobody's been playing this game for as long as us and like obviously we got bodied because people play smash and it kind of like when you get bodied after thinking you're going to be amazing it either goes one or two ways it's like it's either completely discouraging and you quit or it's like really exciting that there's this uh there's this like depth to something that you didn't see at first and that you can explore and to me it was the second one and i just got into it from there uh eventually switched over to melee because smash 4 wasn't great for me (laughs) what was it about melee that first caught your eye because this is this is an older game right so you're you're probably at a tournament and seeing oh okay so there's melees here too okay sure whatever but when did it really start to draw you in um i i never played a lot of video games or watched a lot of esports so I don't have the the usual like I watched them play and I wanted to do what they did cuz I didn't get what they were doing so like in not getting what good players were doing it wasn't impressive to me. I was like whatever. Like I like Smash 4. I'm trying to like do up air up air up air up B with Mario. Like fuck those guys. Um but eventually one of my friends uh got me to try the game and like just fucked me up and i was like i said i'm really competitive so i was like kind of salty 
So I got a setup and just grinded out like the classic wave dashing L canceling and stuff uh, until I could beat them. I, I I do think I had an easier time into it though, because the people in some of the people in Millersville were like right on the edge of uh in my college. They're they're right in the edge of competitive melee players and casual melee players. So like they they could do all the stuff, so I got a decent intro into like wave dashing, L canceling, shuffling, you know, the works. Like I got a decent intro into it, but it wasn't this insurmountable hill to climb. It was like, okay, I'm gonna learn how to shuffle and wave dash and like get a bit of a punish game and I'm gonna be able to compete. It's kinda I I think that's something um that makes it way easier to get into. Uh, because it's not just a matter of you have to do everything right now. You sort of saw how you could learn the well, we're we're talking about techniques that you you and I consider more basic, but it's nothing mm-hmm. that's in the manual for the game. So you really do have to be shown or you have to go to the right places on the internet to be educated on the uses of wave dashing, what shuffling is good for, and then trying to work on your specific character combos and then develop from there. Yeah. So there's I, I there's like a sweet spot of how good somebody should be uh when you're when you're like playing with a new player constantly, I think. Like obviously you can get into melee and enjoy it if you're playing against like a, a top one hundred player or whatever. Like it it's possible, but it's really easy to get into the game if uh there's somebody like at the bottom of the fucking mountain with you, like like right there and it doesn't feel overwhelming and you're like trying to one up each other constantly. It's way better. <laughs> I think that's I'm I'm hoping to find honestly I'm hoping to find somebody like that because someone who's at my skill skill level which is like pretty much basement floor skill level bottom of the mountain yeah and I I hope that I find someone who's sort of along the same lines where they're like I've been looking for someone to play with who also sucks because it's not as much fun after a while when you play someone who's like obviously better than you Mm -hmm. and they just they just get rocked and you you say to yourself, what's the point? And the person who's better than you is also saying, yeah, you're kind of making me play worse, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, you need, you need a ladder. You, you can't have like a 10-foot vertical in front of you. It's just going to look <laughs> impossible. And uh, I think that's one of the reasons why I think a lot of people are looking forward to ranked because the Melee Online Discord is a great resource. There's, a, there's people looking for games constantly, even in the Just Started channel. But I think that ranked for slippy whenever it does come out is going to be like a really big deal for for people like me and those who are having a hard time finding players in the area that they're in or the region that they're in where yeah i need to find someone closer to my skill level where it's possible to win after a decent amount of practice and not like months and months and months of trying to beat one person mm-hmm. and so it's, it's... It's kind of a good feeling to know the person that's making the uh, ranked is like in the community and like I trust uh, Fizzy to not do something dumb with it. <laughs> like I really believe that it's just going to be like a good algorithm. Like you're going to be able to climb, uh, and and like it's not just good for the lower level players either. Like obviously high level, uh, you can push yourself. You have a goal. Like content creators, it's going to be good for like maybe a little farther down the line TOs it'll be good for just to you know get more people into it and 
if you're doing well on, on ranked, you're going to feel like, man, maybe I should enter a tournament. <laughs> At least I hope so. Oh, absolutely. And I hope that with the eventual return, once it's safe, IRL events, that there will still be slippy events, that there will still be online events where you can get a taste of that competition and people in the bracket who are talking with you, the TOs are like, hey, you know, you should come out for the like an actual IRL event sometime. You know, that's down the line once it's safe to do so. But I think that will really help people who were probably more along the lines of me where I've always enjoyed mainly, but just from a distance. And I don't know, for one reason or another, it's just, it's been until now where I've started to try to get a little bit more involved, even though I thought I was going to be playing by now. <laughs> and <laughs> I can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's something that uh, that's something that I try and do with the some of my online tournaments that I think makes them a little different. Um, I, I really try and make them like a, a stepping stone to get into the community at least. Like before rollback, we had uh, I wanted to run tournaments, but I didn't feel like people would enjoy just a straight up tournament. So I'm like, okay, I'm gonna do. A series of invitationals for the people in my region so i did i did i think three invitationals and i tried to invite like seven ish players that were right around the same skill level like the the criteria was if i put these seven players on a list i don't know who's gonna win and it was super fun too because like when i put out the advertising i would put their tags and like maybe they're players that like aren't even on uh they're not even on local PRs or, or like known fucking anywhere sometimes. But like I'm using them like their top players, like advertising the event. It was super cool. I kind of want to do that again, actually. Yeah, that sounds really cool. I think one of the potential and we'll we'll get to this. Uh, you know what? I should just table that. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about you as the player before we got more into you as the TO, because I think I was only able to watch one set today and I didn't even watch the whole thing. If I'm being honest with you of you uh-huh. playing, you were playing as Yoshi against another Yoshi at like, Fuck yeah, I remember that literally, set. <laughs> <laughs> literally the first thing I could find. So they didn't even update. I couldn't tell which was which or who was who, but are you, are you a Yoshi main or were you going for just the ditto? Uh, all right. So I, I've bounced around a lot. Cause I got, I got like, bored easily plus uh i would kind of lessen the stress on myself at tournaments because i would be entering tournaments and running them uh there was a period when i was going to to millersville that i was running both i was running both the locals in our region like raise the bar and millersville locals so i was like all right i gotta chill out uh so there was a little like year period where i was just like okay i'm gonna see how good i can do with yoshi (laughs) that was just a yoshi main for that however much time i remember that set though that was at the lab (laughs) super fun uh right now i'm a marth main let's go marth what are the uh what are some of the inspiring top player marths that you look at i mean i guess zane is an obvious answer but who are you looking at when you when you say to yourself i want to be as good as that marth potentially yeah uh well getting into it got into it with like my friends and the doc so it was just auto like okay i like mute to king that was like the guy i was watching uh and then as i like got better and learned more about the game um i i, I learned more about 
melee through Smash God's Marth or Rishi now, but at the time it was Smash God because uh, he was like implementing all the stuff. A lot of the stuff that you see Zane kind of like perfect now. Uh, Rishi was one of the first top level players to like really implement it at a high level. Um, so yeah, I remember coming up, it was Rishi a lot. I would just watch all of the sets against like every matchup, whatever matchup I was having trouble with. And shout outs to Rishi, I believe had a birthday either today or recently sometime in the beginning of March here. So shout outs to Rishi. And also if I am not mistaken, Zane came up in the same area, MDVA that Rishi was already established in. So there's, that seems to be like a literal link there. If I, if I recall correctly. Yeah. I, uh, from from what I know, there was a bit of like a. I I don't want to call it a teacher student relationship because like Rishi, like Zane is so good now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but at the time Rishi had like at the time I was coming up, Rishi was like really positive on Zane. I don't know if he ever beat him in a tournament set before. Like maybe it was like an Evo set or something. I don't know, but. Uh. He was like the guy to watch if I wasn't watching Mewtwo King or Pew Pew. Um, and uh, do you ever feel like you want to start your own custom rule set? Like, because Rishi came up with Rishi's Jungle Jam. Oof. Rishi, uh, no, Rishi's got got more creativity in him than me. I don't <laughs> think I would. I don't think I would make a custom rule set. I like to try out different uh, tournament formats, see how I can get players more involved especially in 717 here where we're like there's not a lack of players but there's a lack of very very serious players like there's maybe four in our region and then there's a bunch of people who are like melee's cool you know so more of my creativity goes into uh engaging players that aren't like dead set on being top 100 or whatever you know Right, because I, I like to think that I could potentially get to there at some point, but I'm, I also have to be honest with myself. It's, it's probably not going to happen, realistically speaking. I'm 25 now, I'm getting old or something, and I haven't been playing this whole time for really, for the most part, just more casually. Mm-hmm. But anyway, all that to say, you're, you're talking about trying to keep up the player engagement for Raise the Bar, other tournaments that you've run. When did that start? to actually happen at your time in Millersville, which, by the way, my, my sister graduated from there recently, so shout-outs to Millersville, I guess. Oh, cool. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. The, the Millersville College crew is going to be back and strong eventually. Right now, we're in a little lull. I believe in them, though. Uh, <laughs> I started... I started TOing... Uh, originally, I guess the first one was like House tournament that i to'd i had like a place in millersville and had a big old basement unfinished basement with uh a couple outlets around so i just put and i had roommates that were like jocks (laughs) so i put like crts in the basement and i said all right guys we're gonna have a party and i just threw a tournament and gave the winner like strawberry lemonade flavored pop tarts because i didn't like them Uh, so that was my first one, and then I got into the uh, 
Smash Club board. So I ran the melee tournaments for Millersville Smash Club. Uh, and then uh, two years ago, maybe Millersville slash Seven One Seven like didn't have a tournament in the summers, and I always felt bad about it. So I started raising the bar, and I wanted to like put a legitimate looking face on the tournament series uh so that we could secure a venue for no money because i had no money so i was like okay if this looks legitimate and i convince people that i can get a bunch of young people into their you know whatever it is restaurant bar it ended up being bars uh i would convince people that i could get a bunch of young people in and i could have a venue for the summers and like Smash wouldn't just die in in seven one seven for the summers. So I did that, and uh, Telus three sixty in Lancaster was the first one to let us in, and that was like my start to toing like my own thing, you know. And even with the start of the pandemic, you didn't want that to stop because again, you're thinking. There's not a strong melee presence in the 717 area. Even even a player like Fan Chris, as far as I'm, what I'm aware, is not a top 100 player. So it's almost like if there isn't people deliberately trying to make things happen, it'll just sort of continue to just get less and less relevant. You know, there's there's millions of other games to get into, realistically speaking, or just things to do in your real life or adulting. Mm-hmm. But it's it's cool to hear how in most of these things you sort of gave yourself that responsibility almost does it did it feel like that or was it just more of i I don't want to see this go like i'll do whatever it takes to keep melee going in 717 uh all right i mean it it started out as like i want to play in a tournament so i'm going to throw a tournament and when when that happens uh you're you're like pretty uh unconcerned about it (laughs) But as you run the tournaments more, you kind of realize how fragile it is, like how fragile a melee scene is in a in a small region like seven one seven. So I'm like, damn, I have to make this good and sustainable. So, um, you know that that all came with putting like a a profe- at least a pretty professional looking face on it to start out with, so we could get uh, so we could get a venue and then. Um, my lately, my goal has been to make it sustainable if I'm not here. <laughs> I plan on being here for at least another year, but like I have goals and shit <laughs> outside of melee, but I don't want to see melee die here in seven one seven, so I'm. Getting more TOs involved in running stuff like you might you might notice notice Curtis is on uh, RCB is on commentary with me like every raise the bar and he actually runs the bracket and I'm I try and just like push seeding onto him at this point so he can like learn how to seed like make mistakes uh, the way I made mistakes when I started TOing so he can like by the time hopefully by the time uh, I fuck off to do whatever I'm gonna do. Seven one seven melee doesn't just die, you know. So I've I've got Curtis, I've got uh, Chris Cope. I've, I'm also trying to get him involved with it. 
uh, with TOing. He's been a little busy lately, but that's all right. Um, and then there's also a <laughs> Dan the Man. I don't know if you've heard of Dan the Man, but he runs mostly ultimate stuff. He's an ultimate player, but he likes melee, and like I trust him. He's a friend, so I've also been getting him involved in raise the bar. Uh, just like I'm like, dude, look, you want to run your own tournament in seven one seven? I know you do. So like, keep running the Millersville stuff. You're still going to Millersville, so run that. Uh, he's doing his no pause, no pause tournament thing right now. And if when I leave, you want to run, raise the bar. I know, one, I know melee is going to still be there and be a priority. And two, I know it's going to be good because I've run tournaments with you for like four or five years. So like, I, I think that's something we miss out on when we're as like a community when we're building stuff is like making sure that uh, the your your small part of the community doesn't just die if <laughs> if you have to like get a job somewhere else or like you want to move or you know whatever because that is the important thing a person such as yourself such as myself loves melee and will do stuff for melee but then there's there comes a certain point where it either changes or you are literally moving to another part of the country or the or part of the world it, you can't just stay in that one single spot for forever and ever, or at least that's not what a lot of people feel the calling to do. Yeah, you I can, respect, but it might not happen. I, I, yeah, I respect the fact that you are cognizant of this. You know yourself to the point where you go, I'm, I'm not running 717 melee events forever. I'm, I'm not doing it. And you think to yourself, okay, well, I have to get successors in here people that can take my place more or less it's sort of a matter of scoping for more melee players but also scoping for more tos to your mm -hmm. point the people that you had mentioned curtis and cope and dan the man which by the way it was so funny to me the way that you were talking about dan the man for a second there you said something to the fact of he's an ultimate player but he likes melee <laughs> it's like almost there's, a character flaw to dude, be an ultimate player <laughs> it's i i think there's like a, a sort of natural distrust from melee players for anybody who's like a little bit outside the community just because it's mm -hmm. like so tight-knit and like grassroots that if i say like oh yeah like this ultimate player is gonna like keep running stuff a lot of a lot of ultimate players like do have contempt for melee in the community mm. and like i hope it's clear that like dan isn't a weirdo <laughs> he's he's gonna like do fine and he's gonna run stuff if uh if he has to and he likes melee so it's gonna be fine <laughs> so this is a this is a question that i had put down here in my notes what is more important to you as a TO, generally speaking? So maybe we can just limit it to your Sunday evenings, raise the bar. What's more important to you as you run that event, the spectator experience or the player experience? Uh, there, obviously, I want them both to be good, but um, if I'm going to be completely honest, the, the goal is to have a good spectator experience right now. Um, and like, in having a good spectator experience, I count, I count like, engagement in, in with a, a good spectator experience. Because in my mind, if, if uh, 
I'm having a really like great spectator experience that might draw more people into the community and make them more likely to go to the in-person events, which like which is what I'm really interested in keeping alive. Like I'm running online events because I want to keep the in-person events alive and happening because like that's like that's my shit. That's what I really like to do, you know. So I think towards the goal of making the in-person events better, making a, a good spectator experience for the online events uh, furthers that a little bit better. And it's not to say that picking one or the other is is a sin because it's really both. They kind of are linked to each other. If the yeah. players are having a good time, they'll keep showing up, and that's what spectators come to watch. They come to watch Melee, and then once they get to know the people that they're seeing on the screen then then they're rooting for someone or or whatever so they are mm -hmm. linked um uh, i at least know that enough <laughs> as someone for who's sure. never run a, an event before that it's it's a big deal to have people who want to watch but if you don't have players then what is there to watch yep exactly uh yeah <laughs> So let's talk about Fan Chris. Fan Chris has pretty much been running the gauntlet when it comes to raise the bar events. That it feels like in the past few months that I've been aware of the Seven One Seven Melee Discord. Appreciate the invite, by the way. And mm -hmm. I, I don't get to watch these tournaments super often, but I follow all the social medias that are relevant to this and seeing. Fan Chris dropped the GGs in the 717 Melee Discord. I always oh, go, he's, oh, he's again. So, he's so nice about it. He's Fun playing so you nice all. about it. Fun playing you all. Hope you catch the ass beating next week, dude. Like, oh. <laughs> like, he's got like seven or eight in a row. And it's funny. He's, um, so Central PA is like not densely populated. <laughs> Fucking surprise to everybody. But, uh, uh, yeah, compared to Pittsburgh and Philly, right. <laughs> <laughs> But you got two main like groups of people playing melee in Central PA. You got seven one seven, which is like Lancaster, Harrisburg, and York, and then you have Penn State, which everybody knows. Uh, Fanker's actually a Penn State player, and has never been to an in person seven one seven event. He's got seven or eight online seven one seven events in a row. Probably been winning young, although Young Silver brought him like game ten two weeks ago or something. It was really close. Uh. But our, our best player, I, I do want to highlight our best player uh, that was active at least like before pandemic and like a little bit during the pandemic is Professor Peen. Like by far our best. And I think if you were able to enter RTB, Fankers would be catching work. That's what I want to. I love Fankers and I appreciate him entering all my stuff, but I got to talk that shit for 717. <laughs> yes, you do. I believe in Professor Peen. <laughs> That's my guy. I love it. And hey, I'm I'm thinking out loud here. What if I have like the winner of the next raise the bar onto the podcast for an interview to talk about the event? I mean, I'm just thinking out loud here. Those are I could do just a teeny little thing to help if that is even helpful. Somebody even wants to talk about how awesome of a of a player they are. Hmm. <laughs> I think that would be cool. If you uh if you know, by some miracle Fankris wins nine raise the bars in a row. Uh, I think he'd be a good guy to talk about, you know, RTB and like Central PA Smash as a whole too, because he's uh, active in the Penn State uh, weekly. Penn State runs 
smash at Penn State saps. Uh, they're a great tournament, a little bit bigger than mine, honestly, online. So, yeah, I think Fancris is a really good guy to have on if you do. But Fancris has got to win this upcoming raise the bar. So yeah, there's man. your there's your little there's your little uh, bounty, I guess, for this upcoming raise the bar. I'd mm. love to talk to the winner of that tournament. Hell yeah. Might be Young Silver too. Young Silver's been looking hot. That would be cool. See the upset. <laughs> Hell yeah. So you look around you, do you look at these other online events that are happening, whether it's SAPS or wait, did I say that right? No, Penn State. Yeah, you got it. Okay, yeah. <laughs> if it's that or if it's even a bigger event like Hax's nightclub online or training mode Tuesdays, do you try to look at those events to see what they're doing and and say, oh, well, maybe we can try a part of that because you are running a smaller event in a in a smaller area, smaller players. But have you ever considered something like ladder or something that's different than than what you do on a on a consistent basis with the melee event in particular for Raise the Bar? For sure, I'm always looking for uh, different formats. Uh, I don't think I learn much from looking at like say a Hax's nightclub or like a Xanadu's format um, because I just don't have the players that they have, right? Like if I'm going to run a bracket, it's going to be a double limb bracket or like a round robin or I did cruise recently. Um, so it's going to be something like that that a lot of the online events aren't doing. Um, but what I do try and take from it is like uh, production value, like the way they present everything like it, when i watched uh saps they've got they've got it hooked up with uh slippy i forget how they do it but somebody dm me the link to set it all up and i'll be doing that eventually probably <laughs> um but that's like the i i try and measure like i try and measure rtb in like the metrics that we can be measured in if that makes sense so like I can compete in production value. I can't compete in like um running a ladder, right? If I ran a ladder, it would be like seven and if I ran a ladder and it was like seven people, people would be like, this is too long. I just want to play double limb, you know? <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, I definitely watch them. Oh yeah, and I I <laughs> I look at the calendar sometimes. I somehow I got a hold of like a melee event calendar and there's events happening every day and there's a handful of them every day and it's you just go, Oh man. And yeah. <laughs> I have to be honest, I, I don't catch a, a ton, but I'm I look forward to hearing about results and seeing highlights. So I don't know how feasible this is, but maybe there's like a like a top eight highlights in the future at some point. But I think what is really the big deal there is someone who's willing to do it and it can't all fall down onto you for 717. If you were to consider something that was sort of a, an after an after event post, like here's the highlight of the grand finals. Maybe I don't even know, but that's something that like I, as a melee consumer, if you will, that's something that I look for a lot because I, I realize that I can't devote every evening or even, I don't even know if I can watch a full top eight on one event a week, most of the time. So yeah, to catch up on things, to have that be easily accessible, that that's something that I'd look for at least. Yeah. I've been, um, 
I've I've been thinking about how I can do that. So I I upload all the vods right in a playlist. So like I I highlight each match and upload them in a playlist to the YouTube channel uh, of Wombat Wednesdays. But I haven't started doing that with Raise the Bar yet, and I think I'm going to soon. Um, but it, it feels like a waste if like nobody's gonna watch them, right? Because <laughs> the right. YouTube the YouTube channel is lagging way behind the Twitch and the Twitter. Uh, so I, I kind of want to make it in like a consumable thing that people will watch. And when I did Cruise, I started to edit together like like you said like a highlight video or like just like an overview of like how cruise went um so eventually i'm going to finish that up and i'm going to put that up uh see how it does hopefully people will watch it i'll like actually advertise it because like what am i going to do pick out one set and advertise and like share that set around to try and get like i, I don't know people don't people don't care <laughs> but if i do like a special event it might be something interesting to watch. Yeah, like this potential invitational that happens at some point in the future, maybe because it's something that's outside of the norm and hopefully draws in more viewers that can also be a highlight reel for that. So it's not a pressure of, Ugh, I have to make a highlight reel for every Raise the Bar Sunday evening melee event. But mm-hmm. if it's something that's a little bit of a bigger deal, like, hey, we're, we're going to invite some, some of these players from, from Snaps, Saps down here we're going to get fan Chris. We're going to have that question of, Oh, I don't actually know who's going to win this event today. Cause that oh, is really exciting when it's like that. Yeah. That's the other thing I've been pushing, man. You, you brought it up, invite some of the players from saps and it just reminded me of crew battles. I've been pushing to have a seven, one, seven, uh, versus Penn state crew battle for a while. Cause like, uh, at, at our strongest seven, one, seven does compete like pretty one-to-one even against Penn state. Uh, they've just got more consistent entering players. So if I can organize like all these like really shitty schedules uh, and inconsistent players together <laughs> to have like a full strength seven one seven crew against the Penn State crew, I would have so much fun with that too. I want to do that so bad. Professor Peen, get out yeah, of here. Peen, impale. Some of these like some of the people that just got into seven one seven. Like got into the Discord and like started following Raise the Bar and stuff. Might not even know who the fuck Impale is, but like he's been our number two forever. Uh behind Peen. Uh yeah, Peen's been number one since since Slug was around. I think a lot of people might not know Slug is was seven one seven at first. <laughs> Go, that's so cool. I had no no, I have honestly I really hadn't heard of many of these players, but I know who Slug is. Yeah, every great ice had that, player. He had that crazy run at a uh, Rona Rumble just recently. Like yeah, last then, week or um, something. The first time I heard of Slug was the was the Slippy Champions League where the qualifier mm. event for like the last week or something, like got all the way up to second, lost to Shroom's because that's a meme. Shroom always makes the qualifier for these <laughs> for these yeah. summit events. Somehow. Somehow, but did qualify to to try to get into like the bottom level bracket of because it was like there were like different tiers where there was like Mango and Zane and then the next level down players like like Aklo and no Ginger was sort of going back and forth between like the first tier and the second tier and then the third tier you could have you could have people try to get in through the qualifiers and so Slug didn't make it but that was really cool to see because Ice Climbers 
I don't hate on ice climbers. Even during the wobbling days, I didn't really hate on ice climbers that much because as a spectator, who cares? Just beat the player in front of you, beat the character in front of you. If I were actually playing and getting wobbled, I would probably feel differently, but that <laughs> hasn't really happened to me. So I just go, well, why not beat the, beat the player and beat the character? It's real so, hard to hate on them now. <laughs> they're just cool. They're just cool because you know that they want to wobble so bad, or at least most of the climbers players want to wobble, but they have found ways to get really creative. Players like Slug and I guess, well, no, Frozen Pizza axes ice climbers doesn't really count as a ice climbers true player per se, but it is still really cool when the combos show come up potential. on the Twitter timeline are really, really cool. So that's awesome. Slug is now somewhere else in the country though not not 717 anymore right yeah he went to he went to college in philly so he's been philly for a little bit um but like when i was first coming up the the top like uh, the top five in 717 was like slug his brother chum who quit melee a while ago for like Fortnite, actually which is crazy slug chum uh we had john cotto who like anybody Northeast tri state ish might know who John Cotto like might have gotten their ass beat and been like, Who the fuck is that? once or twice at a tournament. Uh, but like our region was really strong <laughs> for a little bit, it was unreal for having like so, like we had a 20 man PR, uh, when I was first getting into it. That's ridiculous. Like SoCal had a 25 man PR, <laughs> we had a lot up. of players. Um, and then, like, even before that time, there's, like, like 717 will claim, like, hella players. They would claim uh, Zoo and Cactuar when they were, like, Philly. Some, some people would claim them as 717, which is funny. Uh, I don't know <laughs> yeah. if they actually lived out here. And then one of the actual ones that was 717 was actually J-Man uh, before he disappeared a little bit. But that was also that's also a crazy one to learn about where people are like, yeah, like J Man played in seven one seven and that's like what? <laughs> you know we're a tiny region, right? <laughs> so as a tiny really region, bad. you get like all this like niche lore and the fucking claim to fame. Like anytime Slug wins, all the seven one seven guys are popping off still. I knew I'd like Slug for a reason. Let's go. But I yeah. you know, of course miss the fact that plays in philly now which is fine philly yeah man we really like philly. it but yeah <laughs> i like philly better than pittsburgh is that just because we're closer to philly is that just because i'm an eagles fan who's to say but the answer is yes <laughs> yeah i mean i had the opposite uh i had the opposite like journey of slug slug started 717 moved to philly i started philly region uh and moved to 717 uh, for, so, for like, college yeah so when i go home uh, when I go visit my parents, I'll go to like the lab or uh, I've been to, I think I've been to a Gucci gang. I don't know. And then they Whatever, just recently like started up Get Clipped again, right? Yeah, I noticed that. I haven't, I haven't been in any of them. <laughs> I should enter Philly stuff. Well, I think it's just part of like a little bit of like a secret networking sort of thing where people go oh jay bobson cool see you and you're like yeah i'm still running these sick events over in 717 melee and maybe somebody will go oh i'll enter that and you go yes and then yep. you go yeah we got so and so to show up for this upcoming rtb sunday night be there yeah, yeah. it feels good when you get that one more because it's like man my, my tournament attendance just went up by like 10 percent. that's so much <laughs> <laughs> it's huge 
yeah, you'll you'll take anything you'll take anything you can get. And and it, I think for for people who are hearing this conversation, uh, I, I think that the majority are, are thinking about melee in the sense of majors. And then there's probably some that recognize the importance of the local level. But I, I think that's what I wanted to hear more about when I when I wanted to talk to you is hearing about that. And you've been talking a lot about the local scene in particular. I've I've been really enjoying it. And I think that what I'm what I'm trying to say with this with this train of thought is that the local scene is so important because that's that's usually where the start has to be. If you if you say to yourself as a as an up and coming and uh, aspiring melee player, oh, I'm going to go to things like Pound and Super Smash Con, and I'm going to take some names. <laughs> mm-hmm. You'll go there. You'll go zero and two, and then you'll go, oh man. And that doesn't happen until next year. But the thing about locals is, is that they happen so much more often and you can get to know people. It's, it's also about that community aspect too. Yeah. Like locals are like where you're going to, if, if you're looking to improve, it's where you're going to look like grow as a player. And if you're looking to just like have fun with the game, uh, like take raise the bar, for example, how much better is it? Like, it seems so much worse if you're just getting into melee and you're like, man, I'm just going to have fun. And then you like, Log into Smash GG, you say what's up to your opponent, you go O2, and you're like, eh, okay, I'm done. And you like go back to playing Valorant or whatever the fuck you're doing. As opposed to going to your local, say it's Raise the Bar, I run it at uh, Springhouse Brewery, and they've got like an arcade section, there's uh, Ultimate players, there's Street Fighter V players, Tekken players, like all hanging out in that arcade section, and, and like... It's not my pin tweet anymore, but my favorite thing is uh, the crowd at locals because you've got two players playing that nobody else in the country is going to fucking know. But the people who go to your local every week, like understand the stakes and understand how much these two players give care about the, the match they're playing and you get invested, like especially me, because I can't enter my own tournaments as much. I, I'm like... <laughs> I, I am a fan of 717 and like Penn State players the way that uh the way that like somebody just watching melee on Twitch might be like a mango fan or whatever. <laughs> so I'm seeing like in my mind these are like these high stakes matches because I'm like empathizing with the players like damn these guys care so much and they're so good and they're making these improvements and it's so cool to see it. Like I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm this weird fan of like a triple A baseball league or something. Like the one guy I don't know if uh it, it's gotten pretty popular recently. You ever see High Q? The anime Yeah, yeah. Anime? So I I've heard of this and uh, Wasabi from the Wannabes podcast shout out. Yeah, really is trying to get me to watch that. <laughs> okay. So if you watch it, it's about high school volleyball right and everybody will be like man i like identify with like this main character this main character this main character there's one character in it who's just an old dude that goes to every uh high school volleyball match and he's like <laughs> like the main school's one fan and i identify with him so hard because he's so attached to the to the results of like the shit that nobody else cares about <laughs> And it's so much fun, dude. It's so worth it. Well, what's better for that person to be there or not to be there? We all know the answer. Oh, dude, to have sure. people to have people hyping up a set 
where there's 10 people in the room or, or 20 people in the room. But if everybody's locked in, even still, that gives you a shot of adrenaline and makes you feel alive. So it's really cool to hear how, and this, is, this, this isn't true just for you, but at the local level, for people like you and to really enjoy these local players who you know, they know you even, and you probably lost to them like just 30 minutes ago, but now you're, you're ready to root either both of them on or one of them on in particular and say GG's at the end of the night and hang out. It's, it's really cool. It's really cool to hear that. Yeah. It's like a little more cause it's your friends too. And like, uh, it's one of my favorite things I've ever thought to do at a raise the bar. Uh, I know it's not melee, but it happens for melee too. Uh, I was watching a Tekken set and in this Tekken set, we, so we, we were running Tekken tournaments for probably months at the time. And we had like, five regulars and on a on an up night we would probably have like a 15 man bracket for Tekken and we finally convinced the the Philly guys um shout out to Iron Fist Philly that's where you find Tekken tournaments if you're in Philly they finally were like all right we're gonna like we're gonna come fuck you guys up we're (laughs) we're coming out there we're gonna go to your tournament and the grand finals was Dom presses buttons against Master Chinono, and, and it was a seven-one-seven player, Tekken player, and a, a Philly Tekken player against each other. And like, like if you have a tiny balcony area, and you're running a tournament in this tiny balcony area, and you've got forty people <laughs> in this bar behind one set, screaming and hollering about the set. It amplifies it. Like it felt so important. It felt so hype when it happened. And then like the the player one popped off, screamed about Philly. It was filthy. It's like my favorite thing I've ever done. I'm so glad I pulled my uh, camera out to like record the crowd for that. Yeah, you gotta you gotta send that to me so that we can put it in the description of this podcast episode if you don't mind. Oh, for sure. It's I love that clip. And that's like that's like what local stuff does like brings you because like. If it's again somebody just watching it on Twitch uh, that's not involved in their local scene, they're not gonna get it. They're it, like, we're gonna look weird, <laughs> but we're not. It's so worth it. That's the thing you realize when you get into it. You're like, damn, like it is so fun. Even if this thing doesn't like really, really matter in like the grand scheme of anything, like what the fuck do sports matter anyway? And people get insanely you care about that a lot right yep so like how about we care about this thing that we all enjoy and you know it, it creates this atmosphere that's like irreplaceable why is it so quiet oh right transition yep this is where it happened oh that's too bad we were about to get to one of the questions that i had where i asked jesse who would you invite of a top 100 sort of level player if you could invite someone to raise the bar and they were homies about it, you know, not to put anybody on the spot. I wasn't trying to do that, but just if Jesse could think of someone, who would it be? And he said, Lod, because shout outs to Lod. Lod has actually been to raise the bar events in the past. I don't think in the online era, but before the pandemic era began. So shout outs to Lod. That's so cool to hear. Formerly known as Smash God, I believe. And, we did talk a little bit about that, but 
the whole point of that is I wanted you to know and I want everybody to know who's listening <laughs> that we talked about Lod. We talked about how awesome Lod is. So shout outs to you, Lod, if you're listening. Shout outs to you. Now let's get back to the rest of the interview where we picked up from our quote unquote commercial break. And we are back from our commercial break. Just kidding. Craig, the recording Discord bot, decided to up and leave, which is unfortunate, but we have refreshed. And I wanted to ask you a little warm-up question before I got to the last big topic of the evening that I had planned, which is, who's this pancakes person that you kept crushing at the Millersville events? Mmm, pancakes caught work at the end of the in-person events, didn't he, huh? I I um... found this page where it was like, (laughs) yeah, Jay Bobison beats pancakes beats pancakes beats pancakes hell yeah so uh we've got a top 10 pr every every year and or you know every quarter it was and for a while our top 10 was peen mushy pancakes um and and then it's me as like a, a gatekeep keeper type of figure i've been four for a while uh but the thing keeping me solidly for is a handle on beating pancakes ass so i hope he steps that shit up <laughs> <laughs> i'm not giving him any peach marth johns that he's not getting that i'm i'm beating his ass he's got to step it up but uh i i think lifetime if i'm gonna be honest i'm probably negative on him but at the end of uh i was getting them a little bit at the end of in-person events like i won I think I won like the last two MU weeklies that were held. <laughs> well, let's go. And hey, what have you done for me lately, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> That's that, that is that is still very cool. <laughs> and there's no there's no mute city to counterpick to. I'm referencing the documentary about yep. <laughs> yeah, about I eat Marths. <laughs> yeah, but when I when I'm behind with Marth, I, I don't get nervous. <laughs> no. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, pancakes, step it up. The last thing I wanted to talk to you about, to ask you about, is is where you see Melee 2021 going because we're we're already in the beginning of March. So, two months have already gone by, and we've seen a lot of things happen in Melee. So, I'm just curious to see, or sorry, to hear your opinions on where you see it going, either at a local level or, or nationally, or sorry, worldwide. Excuse me. Yeah. So. I guess I'll start with nationally. Like it's been a a thing starts since the start of the pandemic to like for TOs to try and figure out when we can host in person events again. And uh the Smash World Tour is the first one to come out and say like, all right, we've got we've got some semblance of a date. Like there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Which is brave. <laughs> uh, Very but brave. They, they did it. I forget when they said around when it would be, but they they did say like, okay, we're gonna have in in person events in twenty twenty one. In my in my view, COVID numbers would have to be insanely low, and we would have to have universally available vaccines, right? So, uh. Oh man, it's it's so hard. I think Biden tweeted today that he's like, "We will we'll be able to have a vaccine for everybody in America by May." So that's making 
that's making Smash World Tour's goal look pretty achievable. Um, if, like, everybody's vaccinated by, like, May, June, it seems feasible that maybe we could have a tournament in the next couple of months after that. Uh, I don't think I would have one right away, just because, you know, who knows? None of them are 100% effective. Uh, so I wouldn't host a tournament right away after everybody got vaccine, vaccinated. Um, so I see in-person events coming back in 2021 at some point. Uh, on a local level, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, so from like a 717 perspective, people have been act- actually asking me when stuff's going to come back since like, <laughs> since like January of last year. Uh, yeah, this is Lancaster, baby. There's a we got plenty look, of those people. I've been like, look, man, it's you gotta wait. It's not happening yet. So the bare minimum is everybody's vaccinated, right? Uh, which is a lot. And then there's the logistics of talking to Springhouse again. Honestly, like I talked to them when I heard there was a vaccine announced. I emailed my the. I emailed the person, like my contact at Springhouse, I guess you could say, and told him, like, look, maybe eventually we're going to come back pretty soon, I hope. <laughs> and there's, we're, still in com- uh, we're still in communication, and I feel pretty good about it. Uh, it's just a, like, I don't know, there's no concrete answer. I just have to play it by ear, and like, whenever it's accepted that large gatherings are safe and definitely everybody's vaccinated. And I have a way, I have a way worked out that I can tell that everybody at the tournament's going to be vaccinated. I don't think enough people talk about that, by the way, I'm going to have to like ha- require paperwork to enter my tournament that you're vaccinated. You know, it's going to be tough. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the, I mean, there's probably a certain amount of, do you, did you have any form of paperwork before pre-pandemic stuff of just being like you have to prove you're a certain age or anything like that to show up or was there nothing like that that's actually a that's actually a big topic because um we had we're at a bar um so if you were under if you were under 21 you had to have a parent guardian and uh you know, during the pandemic, all of the, um, sorry, I'm bringing up this topic even, but all of the sexual abuse, uh, stuff came out in the Smash community and a lot of it involved minors. So I, I kind of had a look at RTB and I'm like, well, we require a parent guardian, a parent or a guardian, uh, if you're under 21 at the moment but like we need more so i actually put out a statement uh on the raise the bar twitter that had like five or six things that we were gonna commit to when we come back um so you we haven't had it before but it was something that i was ready for was to require paperwork um i think i think one of them is like you have to give me an emergency contact in case something happens uh if you're like x age you're gonna have to have an x on your hands so the bartenders know how old you are um a lot of things because like i felt like we weren't taking uh, honestly like from a 
from a local organizer perspective, um, you're used to it being really grassroots and really casual. Like that's how the culture's been in Smash. And even if uh, the people who are being casual about it, like me, aren't um, have no nefarious intent or like aren't doing anything directly wrong, uh, there's still a responsibility we have as like a community to take uh take more ownership of like the like kids safety in our video game tournaments right <laughs> so it's uh it's something that i think about a lot is like man i i really have to be i have to be on that too so it's gonna be a lot different when we come back not just because of covid and it was a it was a, a more or less a floodgate of allegations that came out in the summer of 2020 of last year. And it's mm -hmm. hard to, it's hard to move forward, but just wanting to try to take those steps, raise awareness and, and try to be a little bit more deliberate about, Hey, this is, this is more of a casual setting. You know, this isn't like some kind of business retreat that everybody's going to or whatever. It's a video game tournament. So obviously there's, there's a certain amount of expectations for this is going to be not formal, <laughs> but yeah, I, th I think it takes TOs looking at themselves um, right. and, and realizing what they're really doing. Uh, because I, I said it already, but um, the, the culture is that it's casual and like there's not a lot of responsibility that goes on. You're just like, okay, I'm gonna run a tournament, and then like you run a fucking tournament. <laughs> but you're inherently doing a reasonably risky thing, especially to certain groups. So like it has to if you're running a tournament, you have to like make sure that you're responsible uh for a lot of the things that are happening. And of course, the the realization also has to be that it it doesn't necessarily fall on you, like from from start to finish per se, because like there's the there's afterwards where people start to go home or start to stay over at other people's places, and there's just only so much you can control, even even within the event itself. But just trying to take a little bit more care, be a little bit more deliberate, that's something that I I think is admirable that that you want to do that. And saying, "Hey, look, we're we're not going to label ourselves as like a dangerous environment to be," because I don't ever want to believe that. But yeah. I also don't want us to be like, "Oh, we're so lackadaisical that something bad can happen if someone is a terrible enough person that they see the opportunity to do to do that rather than seeing like uh, blocks or flags." Yeah, exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, it's got to be. Uh, you just got to recognize that it's a public thing, you know, and like anytime you have, I, it's a, it's a smash community problem, but it's a like societal, like a greater societal problem that we have. Right. So like, if right. you're going to be running public events, this is the thing you have to think about. And I think we all like kind of collectively realized at the same time, which is really unfortunate. Maybe we were a little late, but at least we know, and I, I hope we don't just let everything, as TOs, I hope TOs don't let everything blow over. Um, and they stay conscious about it once stuff starts back up. I want to see, like, real changes, you know?
And you have an opportunity to do that even at, at just the local level to start to set new expectations for how a tournament is going to happen, not just in terms of, oh, seating, oh, setups. This person's complaining about <laughs> lag on the CRT or whatever. Yeah, but this also person's about... upset that I put him in a pool of clouds. <laughs> <laughs> but also about how everybody can be more safety conscious and, and more welcoming of 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 people who are new or people who are, are different than themselves, you know, trying yep. to be more welcoming and, and be a more safe uh, gathering of, of, of smashers. Yeah. yeah. At, at the end of the day, it only helps the community grow. You know, if we're welcoming and inclusive and safe, yeah, people will feel better about coming. Exactly. Yeah. I love it. I love to hear that. Oh, and with that, I, I don't really have much more that I wanted to, to go over or to talk about. You've been really generous with your time. I really appreciate it. I want to give you an opportunity to to wrap up with any more thoughts you had and also to plug all the social media platforms and Twitch platform that you want to and especially raise the bar. Sure, yeah. Uh, I just appreciate like all of like 717 Melee and Penn State Melee for uh, supporting my events for a while. Um, I appreciate Wombat for let, like just letting me stream Wombat Wednesday uh, and the P Plus community for supporting the stream as much as they did been insane actually uh if you want to follow raise the bar if you're you know even if you're not 717 and you just want to enter some online stuff we're usually just fully east coast uh you can follow us on twitter at rtb lancaster uh instagram not very active but rtb lancaster youtube uh raise the bar fgc and twitch at raise underscore the underscore bar uh the the thing i'm most excited about coming up is a third strike tournament that i'm hosting and that'll be on the raise of the bar twitch uh you can enter that i'm super excited about it third strike is probably my second favorite game next to melee so i'm pretty psyched about that and also again i'll just lay down this little this little uh, extra incentive for the next melee tournament that gets run this upcoming sunday i'd be very willing to bring on the winner of that event of that melee event to come on and have an interview and 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 talk their stuff talk about how awesome they are for being best player for the latest rtb tournament yeah man i would love to listen to that i <laughs> i love that type of thing so yeah go go beat fankers sign up for rtb i'll have the smash g out probably by the time this is out <laughs> Uh, and fan Chris is uh, listening, basically the Michael Jordan meme, and I took that personally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> fan Chris, as we speak, grinding for the third strike, raised the bar tournament. So that's kind of crazy. He's on Twitch right now. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me on, man. Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. No problem. Why is it so quiet? Oh, right. Transition. What an awesome interview. Thank you so much again to Jay Bobison, a.k.a. Jesse, for hopping on with me on Bottom of the Smash Mountain. And thank you to the listeners, all of y'all who are still listening to me ramble to end the evening. I appreciate that. I wanted to just give one more reminder. We were talking about this, I think, enough times that you got it by now. But this upcoming Raise the Bar event on twitch.tv forward slash raise underscore the underscore bar 
is coming up here on Sunday, March 7th. And to the winner of that event, you want to come on the podcast? You want to do an interview like this and talk your smack and, or you get it, expletive and tell everybody how you're the best player in 717 Melee, at least for this time, until the next Raise the Bar event. I'd love to have you on. So we'll clip this or the other bits and pieces and put that onto the Discord and put it out on Twitter and just get it out there. I love building a little bit of that hype and bounty, if you will. I don't even know if that's the right word to use, but you get it. We all get it. I'm really excited about that possibility and future endeavors and collaborations with 717 Melee and with Jesse. Such a great guest. And so I'm really excited about doing some more stuff in the future. And I think that's all I have. So thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy your day or evening, midnight snack. Ooh, delicious. What does the cow say? Moo. Moo. Good job. What does the kitty cat say? Ow. Good job. What does the doggy say? Woof. Woof, woof. Good job. Can you say linguistic specialist? Say. Good job. That was a good try. Can you say outside? Do you want to go outside? Okay. Okay. Can you say bye-bye? Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.